0: reaching out to him hallelujah just lift your hands up to him oh just lift your hands up to him tell him you love him it's such a love such a love for the Lord here this morning So let's just talk to him and reach out to him. Holy, holy, God, holy. Holy, holy. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord's just ministering to us right now. Oh, God, he's ministering to us. Let him pour into your life right now. Let Him pour into your life right now into your spirit. Hallelujah. Lift those praises up to Him and He's pouring into us right now. Oh, hallelujah. He's ministering to us and getting us ready. Oh, not just for this service, but for all that He has for us in our lives. Hallelujah, Holy One. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, 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 such a praise, such a praise, such a praise, such a praise, such a praise. praise. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you know, he's loving this. Oh, he's loving this. He loves us. He loves to hear us say how much we love him. He loves it. He loves it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Hallelujah. Nothing can compare to your love, Jesus. Nothing can compare to your love, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory hallelujah God you lead us God lead us in this God lead us lead us God lead us that your will be done and have your way oh God lead us Lord lead us oh God minister to each heart Lord minister to each heart God whatever the strongholds are God tear them down Lord whatever the strongholds whatever the blockages whatever the hindrances God you move them Lord let your love melt them away right now let your love cast out all this fear Lord you said perfect love casts out all fear. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Prepare our hearts. Oh, prepare our hearts. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for this working of your spirit, Lord. Thank you for this working of your spirit, God. I feel you healing me. God, I feel you healing my spirit. God, I feel you healing the wounds. God, I feel you going through us and healing us, God. I feel it, Lord. Heal our minds. God, heal our minds. Heal our minds, God. Such an attack, God, of the enemy. There's so many things we struggle and deal with, God. Heal our minds today and heal our hearts, heal our spirits God, heal up these wounds God, oh Lord we come to you Lord, we just fall on you Jesus, we fall on you Lord oh we praise you Lord we need your strength God we need your strength hallelujah, hallelujah hallelujah God hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah God, I go, God, to each of our church family that's not here, God, and I ask that you minister to them, God. All the members, Lord, that aren't here today, God, you minister into their lives and their hearts. Let them feel your strength, God. Don't let them feel, God, the absence of the house from being in the house of God today, but you minister to them and strengthen them, each one, God. Strengthen each member of our body, God, and those that are listening, God, you strengthen them, God. Send strength, God, into their spirits and into their hearts, God. God, give us that mind of your spirit, God, that focus, God, on you, God, that love. Lord, that love, Lord, and that unfeigned love of the brethren, Lord, just work it in us. It takes it to come from your spirit. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, and I praise you. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I love him today. I love him today. I have a little chorus in my heart. Just a short moment. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. One more time. BLESS THE LORD, OH MY SOUL, AND ALL THAT IS WITHIN ME, BLESS HIS HOLY NAME. HALLELUJAH, WITH ALL THAT IS WITHIN ME. With all that is within me. There is nothing that He won't overcome. There's nothing in our lives that He won't give us the grace to overcome. There's not one thing. Not one thing. I don't care how bad it is. There's not one thing that our God is going to fail us. Not one. Not one. We simply... Have to let him. We have to turn to him and let him. It is hard. Sure, it is, but his grace is sufficient. There's a scripture in First um, Peter four. Uh, Sister Kathy, I'll get you to get it for me if you would. Um, I believe it's verse nine. It could be thirteen. Would you Would you read that for me? Uh huh. Four. I'm sorry, I didn't bring my Bible up with me, or my glasses. So tell me what 9 says.
1: Um,
0: yes. The sufferings of Christ. Where is that? Commit the keeping. Um, I'm looking for the scripture when he talks about think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. And then it goes right down below that. Sorry, I wasn't know we were going to go there, so I'm having to wing it off the top of my head here. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to summarize it. It's all right. <laughs> the word of God's going to work either way. He says, "You don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you, okay? Because they're not worthy to be compared to the glory which will be revealed in us, and that's His glory. And it goes on down and it says, "You're blessed when you're the partakers of Christ's sufferings." You are blessed to be a partaker of the sufferings of Christ. That just totally, just that got in my spirit. Okay, hang on. Now we got to see the devil can't win.
1: Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy.
0: Yes, hallelujah, with exceeding joy. Where, what, where is that? That is 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Okay, 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. So don't think it strange. Who's in a, who, oh, we might not like to admit this and, you know, and I know pastor's been teaching some things about warfare and the you know, and our mindset and what have you, but just humor me a moment. But who's been in a battle? Who's had all out um, war against your mind? Yeah, your emotions, your physical man, every your financial status. How about it? All the way around. Who's been in a warfare? I got no problem because, see, that means Satan has attacked. And it's all right because God's grace is sufficient. So you get caught up in the, I'm not fighting to stay saved. I am. That, that work has been done in my spirit. What I'm fighting for is to possess the kingdom of heaven. And in order to do that, we have to have his sufferings. I mean, that scripture hit me. I was listening as I was going to sleep last night and I heard that and I said, Oh, remember to read that <laughs> in the morning. Be- and I did, but I just couldn't remember exactly where it was at the moment. But nevertheless... That Christ's sufferings, that we are a partaker. Now you tell me what part of being nailed to a cross is that. There were other sufferings that Christ endured. Right? We, we're not going to endure the same... Phys- we could, I, don't, I suppose, but he's not... I don't think talking about that physical beating that he took. Not all of us are going to... None of us, we may go to our grave and never endure that. Ac- uh, being nailed to a cross, all the different things that he endured. I believe it's pertaining to the warfare that he went through, the humility. You know he was... They said he was illegitimate, right? They called him a devil... That's pretty humiliating. Him being the very son of God but being, and him knowing he was holy and pure and righteous and he was called a devil, he had to endure that. They, uh, the shame of being illegitimate, according to man's knowings, that was a, that was a suffering. How about, how about this suffering? When he hung on the cross and he had to look down at his mother He's the firstborn son. The obligation in that time was for him to take care of his mother. She was widowed at this time. He did not abdicate his obligation to take care of his mother until that moment, and he knew he was fixing to leave. And he said to John, I believe it's John, he says, Behold your mother, mother, behold your son. And he told him to take care of her. How about that? How about that how about that hurt? Did you think of your mama today? And that kind of hurt, that that's that human, that's that hurt. I got hurt in me. I got some aggravation in me. That the enemy has tried to provoke me to to act out on, but he has attacked in manifestations. To humiliate, to frustrate, to aggravate, to make you feel abandoned by God. But I am assuring you today, those are lies. Those are simply tactics that He has used to come at your life. Because when you rest and abide in Him, you know. See, I don't think the Lord is really too concerned with the suffering of our flesh. Because He knows it's going to work in our spirit you look at Paul and the things he went through, God didn't really care, apparently that he suffered a shipwreck and was had to spend a day and a night in the deep. I don't I, the Lord didn't rescue him from it, made him go through it. Let him get bit by the snake. The poison didn't get him, but those fangs went at him and bit him so much it hung on his flesh, right? He had to shake it off. He felt that I'm sure that's probably how come him to go Whoa! and see it there right. He didn't stop him from that, but he did stop the poison from having any effect on him. We took a trip last year to Canada and and uh, and we were flying and we hit a bit of turbulence and, and I was just thinking, you know Lord I, I know we're in your will and I, I know we're going to be okay, but like that it just hit me. I said, but that didn't mean the Lord wouldn't, he might allow that plane to go down and we would be okay. And I was like, oh God don't Try me with that one today. I'm, I'm not ready to walk that one out. But in all seriousness, I began to understand that, you know, he's going to have us endure things. He will have us endure things, but it is to work in our spirit so that we can possess him so that we can possess him. That has so encouraged me today. So I want you to be encouraged today. I'm not going to be long here. I'm going to let Brother John come on because I tell you the word that the Lord's ministered, if, if he allows him to go that way, it's really going to bring us some strength and encouragement today. Uh, it, it, I mean, the Lord's had us on the same page, and I like it when that happens. <laughs> that makes you feel a little, you know, makes you feel good, you know. And um, I, I don't know. I guess it was a couple of weeks ago I ministered in Fort Payne, and I encourage you to go read the book of Ezra. And the Lord really has stirred me up in that. It's not one that we might just, you know, can pop off the top of our head. It certainly wasn't one I was super familiar with. But yet, what I saw the parallel in that... I'm just going to bring out a couple of quick little points to tie it into where we are today. But you go back to the beginning of Ezra in chapter 1. That King Cyrus, he was a heathen king. He was a heathen king. Everybody's all a-dither about the elections. I'm telling you, go vote. That's great. But God's the one in control. I don't care if it's a heathen in office or a so-called godly man. I don't care. God doesn't need... He can move on anybody. What matters is the hearts of his people. What he told us to do was to obey the laws of the land. And he told us to pray for our leaders that we be able to live peaceably. he That's what he told us to do. And you go and you look at that King Cyrus. Those people in those days, they didn't get to pick who their ruler was. We have a say. And we hope we choose what's good for us. But they didn't have a say. They had to completely trust God anyway. They had to completely trust him that no matter who was the king, that God was going to take care of him, and he did. He spoke to that heathen king, and he said, the God of the heavens told me to let you Israelites go back and build your temple. How about that? How about that? And he gave them protection and provision to go and do that. But do you know all 12 tribes had the opportunity to go, but only two did. Benjamin and Judah are the only two tribes only few people, uh, the two tribes that went. But God had already spoken. This is where I'm going. Just laid that little groundwork. But you read on down in there and you'll see. I believe it's Zerubbabel. But there's, uh, I might not have got the right name. But it, you read on down in there. And uh, a few verses down from that, uh, from that very first when he speaks to King Cyrus. But he had already dealt with the hearts of these men and these tribes. To go back and build that temple. God stirred their hearts. And they were ready. When the, word, when the word of the Lord came from the king, they were ready because God had already put it in their spirit. And they went on back to Jerusalem and they began building that temple. But then the enemy rose up against them. Do you know that they had to keep the faith? God allowed the enemy to fight them. That's one of the points I wanted to bring in here. God allowed the enemy to fight them. He did, even though they were on his divine mission and divine plan. He still allowed the Samaritans and the others in the area to come in and fight against them. So they had to keep the faith. They had to hold on and wait. They were, they were frustrated at every turn. This is where we are today, okay? God has given us a vision. God has told us he is rebuilding his church, his temple. He has said he's laying the foundation what is the scripture pastor uses for that God spoke to him about this church? Ephesians 2.20. The apostles and prophets doctrineed with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. God is laying the foundation of this church. He said he's bringing back the fivefold ministry. So we got. I'm, I'm trying to snap us two today. I'm trying to snap us two today. Quit looking at all the fight. Quit looking at what you're feeling. Don't look at that. Look at the vision. Quit looking at all this going on. Focus on that vision. God has said He's rebuilding His church. It's already started. It's not gonna. We're in process. So that's where we are. We're in that parallel there. in Ezra, moving on over to chapter 4, that's where we are. And so we got to hold on. Do not be dismayed. Do not be dismayed. Yes, sir, we are. And so don't be dismayed. And what the enemy's throwing at you don't don't be moved by that, focus on that vision, focus on that vision today hallelujah I, I feel such a stir this morning in in my spirit you know the an, an area that the Lord is bringing us to is you know he keeps telling us he's doing a new thing, so we got we got remember that we are even in our own way we're we're accustomed to Different things, you know, pastor getting up and going in the office or, you know, praying or what have you. You know, we get informed. We don't mean to, but we do because that's where we get comfortable. And I had to, I had a dream. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but it was another, yet another dream of God doing something different. And pastor, we had been in prayer wherever we were and he, I was up front for something uh, and uh, I didn't have the microphone. I just happened to be up front and I looked. And do you know pastor just came down the aisle. He just and he was greeting the people. And they were like throng they were thronging him if you want to use that word not to lift up a man is by no means. There was such joy. That came out of him and the people, they were just like three and four deep, you know, and they would reach. And he wasn't ministering to him, Sister Beth. It's not that he was saying, you know, be healed or whatever. He was just saying, oh, it and God good? Praise God. I'm so glad to see you today. And I was up front and I laughed and myself, I said, what is he doing? I said, he has never done this before. It was so shocking. My husband is strict, straight arrow. And you don't mess around with church. Don't mess with it. He is strict straight arrow. I'm telling you. (laughs) And we have been taught. Have we not? (laughs) You pray. And you enter into the service gently to see what the spirit of God. And there's my husband. (laughs) Coming down the aisle, and I, I like, what is he doing? He's never done this before, but it was God. I, I mean, it was God. I don't know how God to say it, and the people. They were being, it was just such a ministering to the people. And all he was saying was, I love, isn't Jesus good? And hugging them and saying, I'm so glad to see you today. And meaning it, and I am so glad to see you today. But you know, we, we forget sometimes to stop and take time to the, for the people. Because the body of Christ is people, Right? And those people, we forget. We get, I don't know what we do, but we forget. And he was ministering Jesus to them. Didn't matter. You know what I said? Everybody sometimes gets so fixed on, Woo! Be healed and be set free. And yes, there's that part. But how about just that loving and what the Spirit of God will break off. But let me tell you what happened. Elders Not these elders, but the elders in the church got up and left. They were on the front row. And they got up and left and they said, I'll have no part. One of them said, well, we were in a move of God. Because there had been heavy prayer before church, right? What we call, what we think might be, Heavy prayer, right? All the crying, all the, uh, all of that, right? We have a form. Come on, we got to get over ourselves. God's got to check us, clean us up. And she says, this person says, we were in a move of God. And my stomach immediately went <laughs> that that thing that my that fear that thing that comes on me when contention comes, you know. And I said. They were in the move of God. Is <laughs> what am I? You know, am I thinking. See, I'm immediately conf- conflicted with this new thing and that. What I heard the old say, and the other one said, "I'll be no. I will have no part of that." And they left. You know, they went to a room to eat food. Yeah, they went to a room to eat food. And in myself, I'm standing here thinking, "How is?" So, you don't want to be any part of this because this was his service. It was his service. He was the one scheduled. It's not like he had come in on someone else's service. It was his. It was in another church, but it was his service. As how is going into that room to eat going to further your move of God any more than you're so grossly offended and then yet you're going to go eat? It doesn't add up. You're not like they were going in the other room to continue in prayer right, to continue their move of God. They were just offended and going to leave. That new thing. But the people, Sister Pat, that's what got me. That's what got me. Sister Kathy, that's what got me. You remember the dream I've told about I stepped out on that front porch to feed those people? Same thing. (laughs) Their arms were just reaching out. They just want. They needed to be fed, but they need to be loved as well. That love, that, re, that those people were feeling it from whatever he was doing, and I and I woke up greatly perplexed at this dream because I I, I wasn't. It wasn't him I was upset at by any means. Because I'm going to tell you what. If I'm laying money down, if my ship's going down, I'm, I'm going to be... Anch- I'm gonna, this is the truth that has... This word of truth is the one that's kept me. And I was at peace until I heard that person say, We were, we were in a move of God. And that's when all that tension came in my stomach and all that upset. So that's not God. That, that is not God. God's peace. Confusion doesn't come from God, and it really upset me when I woke up because I trust those people, and it really bothered me. But I'm going for the truth, Sister Pat, no matter the cost. And it's so we don't know what our next week's service is going to be. Pastor might just come walking up the aisle, or Brother Donald. However, we don't care. That's the thing. What if it's whoever it moves on? Don't you know? It's not to matter. As long as the needs of the people are met, this is about meeting the needs of the people. This is about meeting the needs of the people. So one more time, I want us to rethink ourselves. I'm in this same boat. I don't want to be in a form. I don't want to be in a form of legalism in prayer. I'm not going to do. That. I certainly believe in setting our hearts for a service. I got no problem in that. However, I'm not going to be so hard nosed and inflexible that if the Spirit of God's moving on me in another way, I'm gonna go with it. Let's let the Spirit of God move us. He's taken us a new way. He's taken us a new way. I want the truth. I want the truth. Too much. I'll say this and let Brother John come on and minister to us today. But the Lord had dealt with my heart that we were born at a time of an impure gospel. We've wondered why the power of God hadn't been in the church. I have. I'll put it that way. I have. That we look at the God of the Bible and we see Him and we know that God is real. We know, and you know, Sister Brad, I know your mom could tell you all kinds of things. And we don't walk in what they even had in her day. We don't. And the Lord, and it bothers me. I have sought the Lord with everything that I know how. Best we can do, right? But we're still here in a somewhat powerless, not a very powerful position today. Well, that's because we were born in a time of an impure gospel. The power has been taken out of the gospel because it's not pure. The pure gospel is full of power. But the when you mix anything in it, you're going to lose the power of the gospel. And that's why God can't move... Like we need him. And expect him to move. So he's bringing us to truth. So that's what I want to leave you with. Is pursuing truth today. I want you to pursue the truth. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? That the gospel has been watered down and muddy. We've got too many things mixed in it. But I know with all my heart. He's bringing us to that pure gospel. Probably going to separate us. I believe that's part of what the Lord was showing me again, another, but it's all right. It's all right. Because if you go on over a few more chapters in that book of Ezra, you're going to, you see where once they got that job done, all the folks get to come. They get sanctified. Ezra sanctifies them and they get to come. So that's why it's really important that we focus today. That we focus on the job that God's given us. Let's focus on it. Don't worry about who he separates us from right now. Because it won't always be that way. The hungry will come. But we have to fight for the purity of the truth. We have to. Because the power of God's what's going to be what gets people's attention. The power of God and the love of God. Those things are going to get people's attention. And You can only do that when you're in the true spirit of God. I hope, I pray that these... Has been an inspiration and a stir for you, something to think about this week and something to focus on as we move forward in what God has. Because I feel that warfare and it really makes me mad. I don't like it when the enemy picks on my brothers and sisters. I don't like that, Sister Pat. I don't like that at all. It makes me fighting mad. So, you know, let's hang in there and let's keep our focus. And trust God to walk us through this. It may not be pretty, but it will be fruitful. Amen. Amen. I'm gonna Amen. let Sister Kathy come and then Pastor's gonna come. I want y'all just to keep reaching out to the Lord today.
1: Glory. Our sister Lisa and I are the only one that feel a presence this morning. There's a presence in this place. Amen. Hallelujah, aren't you glad that the Lord loves us no matter what?) My <laughs> Ma was like. Hmm? Aren't you glad the Lord loves you no matter what? <laughs> hallelujah. Doesn't matter how many times you fall down or how many times you goof or make a boo-boo or whatever. You just get up and brush your knee off and go to daddy God. Hallelujah. And he just hugs you right up and he says, okay. All right. You, you messed up this time, but hallelujah. And he hugs you, and he loves you, and and the blood that was poured out, hallelujah, just washes you clean, Brother Donald. One more time, and you're ready to go again. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that unconditional love. I'm thankful that when things break my heart, his comfort holds me. Amen. It's been a difficult week for me. Hallelujah. In the natural, been difficult. But I've had a lot of people praying for me, and God's just so moved that that grief Hallelujah, he's moved it. And I'm thankful this morning. I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful for the things that he's just kindly spoke to me about and dealt with me. And I'll get into that more later on. Um, maybe I'll get, I'll get a chance to share that with you in a little bit, but I'm, I'm just grateful for the mercies of God. I'm thankful that we have a place that we can come together, Sister Pat, in one mind and one spirit to honor and glorify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm grateful that I can come here on a Thursday night and, and kneel before the Lord and I can pray and offer him my heart's, uh, needs and, and, and what's on my heart for the church, for the body, for my for my brothers, for my sisters. I'm thankful, Sister Pat, that now in America, for the moment anyway, hallelujah, we can come together as a church body and we can meet and we can hear the word and we can eat. I'm telling you, we better not take it for granted. Hallelujah. There may come a day when the law says, no, you can't assemble yourself together like that anymore. It, It could be close at hand. That right could be taken away from us. Amen. We better be praying and seeking and better. I, I, I don't know why people don't come. People that are close don't come. That used to amaze me in Fort Payne. I, I would drive miles and miles for two hours to be in services and people that lived right there wouldn't come. I, 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 th- that blew my mind for a word of truth that has so changed my life and set me free, done something on the inside of me. It's not a game, Sister Pat. This is life. This is real. This is life-changing. It's not just a passing fancy, Brother Donald. But if people would grab a hold of it and let God do something on the inside, it's life-changing. I'm not perfect. My life is not perfect. Everything doesn't go just right down the line for me. You know, I come to church and I see Sister Lisa and Brother John and I think, wow, they so have it together. But you know what? They are human beings. They have issues. They fight battles. Hallelujah. We're human. Stuff happens. Bless the Lord. But it's a day-to-day walk, a day-to-day walk. But it's much easier when you have the truth and you learn how to hold on. Amen. Would you get me a bottle of water, please? Because I I might not sing this song if I don't wet my throat. But I'm thankful that I have that key, that answer, that, that piece of faith that helps me to walk, take each step every day, and keep walking. Amen. My knees might buckle a little bit one time. I might get a little weak here or a little weak there. Sometimes I'll get a phone call that says, Little shepherd, what are you doing, little shepherd? You better get back to that prayer, little shepherd. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the word. I'm thankful for the dedication of my pastor and his wife. I'm thankful for this church and the body. I'm thankful for the way God is binding us together because we love and care for one another. Hallelujah. Go ahead, son.
2: alone, life's raging sea, it looked as if I would suffer defeat, as the blackness of night closed off the light, my heart sank with fear, my desperate cry rang out with fright, All I could see was no hope in sight With faith all but gone I met the one who came looking for me He came looking for me He came looking for me He He made a way when there was no way That I could see When I drifted far, Jesus was near To rescue my soul and calm all my fears Now I'm safe from all harm Since I met the one who came looking for me Oh, don't you know the enemy wants to put you down? He wants to take your life today But God will give you life, amen? Amen now Satan had already picked out my grave, his plans had moved forward to put me away. I drifted so far, would anyone care that I'd soon belong? I knew my destruction was a matter of time But Jesus appeared, said this one, she's mine Now I'm safe with no harm, for he walked through the storm He came looking for me He came looking for me He came looking for me me. away when there was no way that I could see. When I drifted far, Jesus was here to rescue my soul and calm all my fears. Now I'm safe with no harm since I met the one who came looking for me. He came looking for me. for me. Now we're safe with no harm since we met the one who came looking for me. Hallelujah. My God, aren't you thankful this morning? I said, Are you thankful this morning? Hallelujah. That he came looking for you. Give God a hand of applause. Amen. Hallelujah.
3: Thank you Jesus Are you excited about what God is doing Tell you I am There's just something down in my spirit About the working of the spirit of God And God's revealing himself I want to tell you I had one of the greatest experiences Friday night and yesterday morning I mean I can't even explain But something began to stir in my spirit Friday night and yesterday morning, uh, we've got a deck. we built a little sunroom out there. And I was sitting out there just meditating on the Lord early in the morning. And Sister Pat, all of a sudden, I just began to see the miracles of Hebrews 11. All the great things that God had done for His people. And I felt faith that I had never felt come alive felt the working of the Spirit of God begin to come alive in me. And God began to show me, he said, the kind of faith that them people had and the, the way he moved, he's fixing to move for us. Yes. He fixed to move. And, and I told my wife, I said, you ain't going to get one person in a thousand to believe that God's fixing to be the God of the Bible, that God's fixing to do the miracles that he's done in the Bible. I said, people just ain't going to believe it." You start you start talking about a God that parted a huge sea. People ain't gonna believe that today. They talk about it, they shout about it, they sing about it, but they ain't gonna believe God do it. They ain't gonna believe God do it. You gotta believe that God is. Yes. Bible says in Hebrews eleven, without faith is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And there's one thing about me: I'm continually seeking God. I mean, I'm diligent about it. I, you told me I'm somebody on God's trail. I'm on God's trail, cause I want this God of the Bible. I want Him to be real in my life. But man, that thing just stayed with me and stayed with me, and and. Here for about the last year, I don't know, God just put something in my spirit. I just sit down and start writing, and it's like poetry. Hadn't there I couldn't put two words together? Something like that. And man, I wrote three pages of the works and the acts and the miracles of God that I'm gonna put together, and I was reading it to my wife yesterday morning, and I just sat there and just wept. God so revealed himself and is so revealing himself to his people that want to know him. Why would you not want to go and know a God of deliverance and miracles? See, the reason people don't believe in the God of this Bible is they ain't seen him. They ain't seen him reveal itself. They ain't seen him manifest itself. Amen. How many miracles have you seen happen like to you when I spoke to you over the telephone and God dried that blood up and sealed that cut up? You don't see miracles like that. I know he was raised around to believe in mom and daddy but miracles like that you don't see happen every day he was working for us down there in Fort Payne sister Pat we had a big youth building down there and he was helping us put the lights under it and a piece of conduit slipped and cut cut him what right there under the eye get you right in the eye and he started pouring blood I five miles six miles down the road he called Justin Justin was in the truck with me and I told Justin Put him on the phone. I had never met jo- Brother Josh before. If I had, just brief. And I said, put him on the phone. And I spoke the word of God, me five six miles away. And that blood, like that, just stopped. Hey, just like that, just stopped. You don't see these kind of miracles. Hallelujah. But get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. Because right, there's a faith being revealed. Yeah. 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 That was once delivered to the saints. All right. He said, fight for it. Contend for it. Get ready. There's a faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's coming back. It's coming back. My God, I'm so tired of just going to church and preaching and singing and shouting and talking about God. I want the reality. I want the manifestation. I want God to be God. I'm ready for God to be God. Are you ready for God to be God? You ready for God to to reveal Himself? then dare to believe him. Dare to believe him. Dare to believe him. him. My God, just look what God, I may not even get to my scriptures, I don't know. But just look what God done. Took a little 16, 17-year-old boy, if David was even that old, and by slinging a smooth stone, he brought a man nine feet tall. Brought a man nine feet tall. I mean, the boldness of God just stood up in him, and he walked out there, and a man nine feet tall, my God had enough metal on him to fill up a hardware store. He said his his spear was bigger than a a, a weaver's beam, I mean huge, and David walked out there just a little old, Bible said he was ruddy, he was red-faced, probably 14, 15, maybe 16 years old, we don't know, He, he wasn't very old. And he walked out there, and Goliath just mocked him and cursed him by the name of his gods. He said, Am I a dog that they've sent a child out to fight me? And David looked at him and said, You curse me by the name of your God. And he said, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of my mighty God. Hallelujah. You uncircumcised. Who are you? Who do you think you are that you can defy the armies of the living God? And he mocked him and laughed at him and cursed him. And David had his sling. He just winded up. He just winded up. David went out to fight him. He crossed that brook. He reached in there and picked him up five smooth stones. Put him in his little shepherd's bag, took one out, and put it in that sling. Just started winding up. No Goliath, just oh man, cursing him and mocking him, and and then he threw his head back and laughed. You see, he threw his head back and laughed. That helmet shifted, and there it went. First ICBM missile. (laughs) First guided missile. God hit him right in the forehead. Took a man that probably weighed four hundred pounds one little bit boy and he fell to his knees fell to his knees and when he fell to his knees and then he fell on his face that little bitty red-faced boy run up there and stood on his chest Pulled his sword out of his sheath And cut his head off Hallelujah And held his head up And when he did The armies of the Philistines turned and ran God's fixing to put the armies Of the enemy to flight You hear me It's time to take the devil's head It's time to dare to believe God And then God showed me Moses I have a staff up here God showed me Moses Hallelujah He took a wooden rod And held it up Just a simple piece of wood uh, that God has spoken to him about, and he parted a raging sea. Uh, Hallelujah. Uh, Are y'all hearing me? This is a God that I serve, uh, and I want to see him. Uh, I'm tired of the deadness. I'm tired of the dryness. Uh, I'm tired of the lukewarmness. I'm tired of the singing, the shouting, Uh, and the testimonies, and nothing happens. Uh, I'm ready for God to be God. Bible said they were the children of Israel was running from Egypt. And they looked and they saw the Egyptians coming after them, saw that army coming after them. Had an angel of God going before them, leading them. What did that angel of God do? Went back and sat down between the camps, put darkness over the Egyptians and put light over the Israelites. The Israelites kept moving, the Egyptians had to stand still, and then they started crying. Moses, Moses, Moses. The Egyptians are coming after us. And then they got scared, and then they started complaining. Said, was not there graves enough in Egypt that we could have died there and got buried? Now we're going to die out of here, and they're just going to leave us on the face of the earth, to rot. And Moses looked at them and said, stand still. What's God been telling us? Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Stand still and see my hand move. When you don't know what to do, stand still. When you don't know what course to take, stand still. When you don't know how to get out of a situation, stand still. And wait on the hand of God. God's hand is with us. We may be few in number, but God's hand is with us. God's hand. You rest assured of one thing. God's hand's with me. I know he is did not see him do too much hallelujah he told me he said you better be careful what you pray for he said your words are gonna get weighty and powerful what y'all gonna do if the Spirit of God hits me somewhere and I'm preaching let's say I'm preaching in elegy and people just get all upset and now step out there and say if i be a servant of the Lord Before the sun rises in the morning, there's a ten-point earthquake going to bust the mountains of Elijah. And then before the sun comes up in the morning, God does it. See, we don't see these kind of men of God. We don't see these uh, mighty acts of God, but they're coming back. I ain't talking about, everybody will talk about what God was. They'll talk about what God's going to be. But they won't put him in the right now. My God is a right now God. He's a right now God. He's a right now God. He didn't say I'm the I was that I was, or I'm the going to be that I'm going to be. He said I am the I am that I am. Hallelujah. Man, I feel something running up down the avenues of my soul. There's a faith being revealed that you're gonna dare to believe God. God told Daniel, He said, Daniel, I've got a people that are strong. They're gonna know their God. And they're gonna do exploits. Woo! Hallelujah. Let me read y'all something. I'm going to Hebrews eleven. Oh, I got a word I can preach to you, but I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost is preaching to you. Y'all believe a Holy Ghost is preaching to you today? Yeah. Boy, ain't yeah. a shame. This ain't homecoming, sister Pat. Man, people need this up.
4: Hallelujah.
3: Y'all with me? Let me see where I want to go here. I can't get to all of it because God didn't deal with me about all of it. Let's just go to verse 29 and I'll start there. Hebrews 11. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the heart at Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies in peace. And what shall I do? More say. For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David and also of Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, I quenched the violence of the fire, escaped the edge of the sword, I out of weakness were made strong, I waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of aliens, I women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured and not accepting deliverance that they should obtain a better resurrection. Hallelujah. Are y'all seeing what all God done by faith? And that was the Old Testament, that was the Old Covenant. God done all these things. Are you hearing me? God done all these things. Hallelujah. He put that angel and put that pillow of out between the Egyptians and the Israelites. And then he told Moses, he said, get up off your knees, man. Don't cry to me. Don't pray to me. Take that rod of God that's in your hand and stretch it out. And Moses stretched it out and a strong east wind began to blow. And it blowed all night long. And when the children of Israel got up the next morning, they wiped their eyes and looked and there was a pathway through the Red Sea. Wall of water here, wall of water there, uh, and a pathway through the Red Sea. uh, Dry ground. Dry ground. And they started going over. Started going over. They started going over. The Lord lifted that darkness off of the Egyptians. They seen them going through that Red Sea, and they're just dumb enough to follow them. I mean, just dumb enough to try to overtake them. Are you listening to what I'm telling you? I can see them little old kids going through the Red Sea and wall of water here in a water, and I can see one of them just walk up and just splash his hand. What's that, Mama? What's holding that water up? What's holding that up like that? Nothing but the hand of God nothing but the hand of God. This is the God we serve. These kind of miracles is what God is going to do to deliver his people. Are you hearing me? It's time to learn to fight. It's time to learn the strategies of war and put our hand in God's hand. Are you hearing me? God didn't teach the children of Israel how to fight conventional war after they went across the river of Jordan. He fought them. They could have fought conventional war when they went across Jordan, but they didn't. Right. So here comes all Pharaoh, just to chase in Israel. Last Israelite stepped up on that bank, the other side of the Red Sea. Moses just dropped his hand. Just dropped that. Just plain a wooden rod. Just dropped it. Here come the waters of the Red Sea flooding in on top of Pharaoh's and his armies. What y'all going to do when y'all see a servant of the Lord do something like that? See, everybody thinks these are fairy tales. Let me tell you something these ain't stories, these are testimonies. These are testimonies. That's what God was talking about in, I believe it's Hebrews 11 and 1, it might be 12, where he said, You're uh seeing you're compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. These are the witnesses we are compassed about with. They witnessed the real power of God. They witnessed the delivering hand of God. They witnessed the very purpose of God. (laughs) Are you hearing me? They showed God to be real. My God, some of this preached in church. I don't blame people for not going. I probably wouldn't go either. (laughs) I mean, dead and dry, go through a form, sing this song, that song. And then they say, well, we're going to have children's church. We're going to have Sunday school. We're going to have somebody teach, and we're going to be through in 30 minutes. You don't put God on a time clock. You let the spirit move. You let the power of God reveal itself. We put God in a box, and we've tried to make him perform. We went through this. This and went through that, and acted like this, and acting like that. I done all our little set forms, sang a few songs. I had testimony service. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember they used to have testimony service in church? You know what I always called it? Popcorn. Popcorn testimony. Pop up and pop over. <laughs> Cause there wasn't to it most of it. up and testify about the goodness of God couldn't believe God to kill a sick fly brother Mary you shouldn't preach like that why not it's true and we'll sing about the greatness of God testify about it talk about how awesome our God is and don't have faith believe God to do anything what have we moved God to do somebody tell me what have we moved God to do is the power of God then out inside of us, like it was in Jesus when that man probably had six thousand demons in him? Or more? A legion means between three and six thousand. And Jesus looked at that man and said, What's your name? He said, a Legion, for we are many. <laughs> there was such a presence of the Father inside of that Son of Man that the demons said. Or you come to 20 minutes before our time. Don't cast us out. We don't want to go back to hell. Even the devils don't want to go to hell, brother Josh. <laughs> devils got more sense to go to hell. So they start bargaining with Jesus. Say, so if you cast us out, there's a herd of about 2,000 pigs over. Just let us go in them pigs. We don't want to go to hell. Let's go over in them pigs. Bible said about 2,000 head of swine feeding over on the hillside. Right by the ocean. <laughs> right on the seaside. Jesus said, okay, that where y'all want to go. She said, we'd rather go there and go back to hell. We'd rather go uh, live in no smelly, nasty, mud-wallowing hog. Eat garbage. Than we had to go back to hell. And what did Jesus say? One word. Go! And three to six thousand demons had to obey him we don't have that kind of faith this is what God's wanting to reveal this is what God's wanting to reveal God's going, well God's trying to teach us a brand new way to fight are you hearing me God trying to teach us a brand new way to fight and them demons come out of that man winning that hog and one hog looked at the other and grunted at the other and said well I'd rather be dead then I had to have a bunch of demons living in me and they run down that bank in the water and drowned somebody asked me so what they do I said they committed suicide <laughs> some of y'all get that <laughs> y'all might not have never raised hogs I raised hogs back in the 70's and you want one of them hogs to come they would be down there in a the pen I had about three or four acre pen I want one of them to come and I go swee, 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 swee. here they come just to run it, wouldn't they don't ask me why that made them come but that make them come Yeah, that'd make them come too. you. hollered at them. See, 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 see. But here are all them Egyptians following the children of Israel in the Red Sea. Moses just dropped that hand. That hand that God had anointed. That wooden rod that God had anointed. Just a wooden stick, just a shepherd's staff where Moses tended sheep. And God just dropped it. He said, put your hand down Moses he just dropped it. we did all, all that water coming over them Egyptians it wasn't very long they found them drowned on the seashore somebody told me one time said, well you know all that stuff in the Old Testament it's just scenarios really yeah they 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 didn't really go through the Red Sea like that I said really you mean God didn't bog? Oh, yeah God Let him across, but he let him across in a shallow place so he could wait over an ankle in knee deep water. Really? My Bible said he parted the water and they went over on dry ground. So you really think the children of Israel crossed in a low place that was about knee deep? Yeah, that's what I believe. I said, well, then my God's greater than what I thought he was. They said, well, why is that? I said, he'd round Pharaoh and all his army in knee deep, ankle deep water. God wants to teach us a new way to fight. Y'all remember when God spoke in prophecy? Several months back, said, I'm going to teach you a new way to fight. I'm going to, teach you, I'm going to teach you how to fight. See, the children of Israel, when they got out there, they learned to fight. They went to war with swords and spears and shields, and they fought. And they won many battles. Did y'all know, I read, and I can't remember where it is right now, and, and I didn't even know it. But the Bible says the children of Israel out there conquered big cities. And they moved in and lived in some big cities in that 40 years out there. i would never seen that before. And I guarantee you, when, they, when God told them to move, they packed up, they lost some because they settled down. Everybody don't want this kingdom. Everybody don't want this power and dominion of God living in them. I do. It's my inheritance. It's my promise. If all you want is to go to heaven go but Jesus said you're an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ what I've become you can become I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Christ tell what the word says I'm a joint that means equal what he's become I can become right here and I'm gonna possess it you hear me I gonna possess it when them children of Israel crossed Jordan. Y'all listen to me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to show you what God's put in my spirit. When they got to them banks of Jordan, they had lost their leadership because Moses died. And the banks of Jordan was overflowing because it was harvest time. So they got there on the banks of Jordan. They didn't have nobody to lead them that they knew of. And there they were facing another Red Sea. Well, Moses wasn't there stretching right out. Now you hear, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Joshua heard God speak. Said, Moses, my servant is dead. And when Joshua turned, looked at the tabernacle, pillar of cloud wasn't there. Never to be seen again. Pillar of cloud, pillar of fire wasn't there. Did you know it said... The day they crossed over Jordan, they eat of the old corn of the land, and the manna ceased. So every miracle under Moses—the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, the manna—stopped. God has stopped revealing Himself to this generation. This generation is exactly where the children of Israel was when they got to Jordan. Over Jordan was the land of Cana. That's the promise. We've got the promise before us, but people are trying to follow the wrong thing. God didn't set up leadership under one ministry to lead the New Testament church. He didn't do it. He said in Ephesians 4 and 11, he said, I give you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave five... Five ministries, five offices, five call. He said, I'll give you these for the perfecting of the saints, for the saints to come to maturity. That word perfecting means maturity or completeness in God. He said, I'll give you these five ministries for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying, the, the instruction, the correction, and the building of the body of Christ. He says, that's well, what I'll give you these five ministries for. We don't have these five ministries yet. We fix and get them. Lord told me two years ago, and I spoke it in either April or May. God was fixing to start bringing out the apostle and the prophet's ministry, and fixing to restore the fivefold ministry to the church. That was two years ago. This fixing to be three years. Just cause God speaks something, He don't do it in the heartbeat. Don't mean it ain't happening. There's something happening. There's something happening. It was a year ago, April the 11th. God spoke to me through a prophecy by vessel I've got confidence in. Said, "Brother Metter, you are an apostle." And he said, the word that you preach is going to bring forth. You better be careful what you preach. That's the reason I won't fool with doctrine. I won't fool with traditions of man. I preach the revelations of the Christ that he's put in me, and it brings results. It brings results. Are y'all hearing me? It brings, you say what you want to me uh, uh, about me. My God is with me. My God is with me. What did I tell you in Sister Kathy's living room over a year ago, sitting there on a Friday night? I said, God's fixing to give y'all a financial a miracle and monday was it monday went to the mailbox and took out a tax refund they didn't even know this gonna get god had already moved and sent it on the way i'm talking about several hundred dollars that god moved for them have I ever spoke anything to you God hadn't done? Why? Because I speak by the Spirit of God. I, I speak by the unction of the Holy Ghost. I don't speak by emotion. I, I don't speak because I get excited. I, people today are serving God through emotion. I, they're serving God in physical life. Emotional excitement. I, and ain't nothing happened. I, and people are speaking things that there ain't nothing behind it. You better be careful. I wanna read y'all something. Acts the fourth chapter. I can tell you one thing, I'm being led by the Spirit of God today. Cause I ain't even I ain't even read a scripture. I believe it's four, it may be five. Let, Let me get there. Y'all give me just a second here. Hang on, we'll get there. Yeah, it's five. Verse thirty five. Or thirty four. Then stood up one in the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. See, they'd arrested him. They'd arrested him locked him up in prison, told him not preaching preach in the name of Jesus. And the angel of the Lord, come open prison doors and let him out, Josh. I mean, just come open the jails. Let him out. What are y'all going to do when God starts opening jails? We get locked up for preaching the gospel and crying out against this queer spirit, crying out against the sin in America, and they got us in jail going to prosecute us, and the angel Lord just walks in there and opens the door and said, go stand in the churches and preach these words of life. That's <laughs> what the angel Lord told them. So they went and got him and brought them in, and they took him before this doctor, this, this scholar of the word of God. command and put the apostles forth a little space. I'm verse 34 going to 35 in Acts 5. And said unto them, ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. I was in Sheffield, Alabama in 1993 having such a great move of God had the cops sat on me every night having such a great move of God, healing, deliverance, and miracles. Started on 4th of July weekend. I couldn't get to the mayor's office Tuesday morning, I think it was. And I went to the mayor's office Tuesday morning, and I walked up to the receptionist and I said, I want to see the mayor. Mayor mayor's standing right there. I didn't know who he was. She said, what well, you want to see the mayor about? I said, I'm that preacher out there. Y'all been harassing for four days. I said, we need to get something settled. He looked at me. He said, son, I'm the mayor. Come in my office. You know what the first thing he told me was this Pat." He said, one of my councilmen was in your meeting last night. Said he called me about 11 o'clock last night. Said, the way that man's preaching, the miracles he's having, the move of God I felt on that tent. He said, you better leave that man alone. Amen. I'm telling you, Mr. Mayor, there's folks getting saved, healed, delivered. Said, the word that man preached against sin and the power of God I felt. Hadn't felt the power of God in years. He said, but I felt the power of God in that tent. He said, you better leave that man alone. Some people just don't take heed to counsel. Said unto them, Ye men of Israel, Take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, or Thaddeus, boasted himself to be somebody to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all so many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this men rose up, Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxon that's the time Jesus was born. Y'all remember the taxons? that's why they went to Bethlehem. So that was over 30 years if not 35 that this already happened. I'm trying to make a point. Y'all stay with me. And drew away much people after him. He also perished and all even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. I told y'all that, tell y'all this. Just before God moves the way he wants to move, they're going to be counterfeiters. They're going to be false moves of God. There are going to be people claiming to have something they ain't going to have nothing. And it's going to be. What did Jesus say? He said, take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. Many shall come in my name saying, I am anointed. Are you all hearing me? He said, many shall come in my name saying, I'm the Christ or I'm the anointed. What have we got today? What have we got today? What have we got today? People everywhere saying, I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointed. I'm anointing. I'm with God, God's with me, but ain't nothing happening. Are y'all with me? Yes, they're drawing people away to follow. They're drawing people away to follow. And there are people following this and they're following that and they're following this and here, they're following that and there. Amen. They're, they're following them. Because they're professing something. Better be careful. Better be careful who you take heed to. Better be careful. People saying, I'm anointed. I'm Christ. God's with me. You better be careful. Are y'all with me? Very be careful. Because it ain't just going to be the signs. It ain't just going to be the wonders. It ain't just going to be the miracles. It's going to be the life that a man lives. It's going to be living righteous. It's going to be living holy. It's going to be living clean. It's going to be preaching. A gospel of sanctification. God told me sanctification's coming back. People fix fixing to turn back to living holy. And I ain't just talking about outward dress either. I'm talking about people's lives going to be holy, their eyes going to be holy, their ears going to be holy, their mouths going to be holy, how they conduct themselves going to be holy and righteous, and they're going to do right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm ready to see this, people. I'm tired of the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the backbiting. I'm tired of, uh, my God, y'all think politics out there is a blood sport. Politics is in the ministry. It's really a blood sport. Because I'm going to tell you something, if I hadn't loved God and knew God was with me, I'd have quit a long time ago. All the junk I had to put up with and all the lies and all the mess that goes on behind the scenes. I ain't calling preachers for revivals. Because I ain't got the preacher's itch. They, they want me, they'll call me, and I'll, I'll tell them I'll pray about it. If God speaks to me, I'll go. If God don't speak to me, I won't go. Because God's my source. I ain't preaching for money. I ain't never preaching for money. I ain't going to start preaching for money. You all hear me? I ain't preaching for fame. I ain't preaching for fortune. I ain't preaching to make people like me. Because nine times out of ten, when I get through preaching, folks don't like me. Because <laughs> I walk that word. But I don't treat people any different whether they're sinner or saint, do I, son? Treat you just like. Treat you mom and dad. Treat you brother. They serve God. I treat you just the same. Treat you just the same. I'm not going to treat people different. Amen. Why? Because every person's got a soul. Amen. Every person's got a soul. Yes. Sometimes me and my wife will get to talking and, and I'll say, Look, just remember, God's blessed us. God's given us eyes to see things a lot of people can't see. Give us ears to hear a lot of things people can't hear. Oh, they can hear in the natural, but they can't hear in the spirit. I said, We've been blessed. And we got to fight for them. we got to fight for them. There's people, if I didn't have a bird for them, I'd cut them loose long time. There's people I've held on to for years. Sister Gail Haig in Fort Payne. Y'all wouldn't believe, back in the 70s, early 70s, she's one of about 150, 200 young people used to crowd the tabernacle while we went to church and get there and fast and pray. Days, hours on end, all night long, there's young people walking in that church praying, seeking God. She's one of them. She got hooked on drugs somewhere. Stayed bound on drugs for 25 years. I wouldn't let go of her. Her mama would tell her, "Sis Gail, Brother Meador's coming. You want to go to church with me? She'd come. And just every now and then, the Spirit of God would move on me. Her bound on drugs, living like the devil, fornicating... Lying, cheating, stealing, selling drugs, using drugs. And that laid hands on the Spirit of God just knock her crazy. To remind her. God had control of her life. Let me tell you something. God's in control. God's in control. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big you think you are. I don't care what you're doing. God's in control. When the children of Israel got to that river Jordan... They had to find a way across. <laughs> so here Joshua was. Took Moses' place. And God said, Joshua. I'm going to do things different. <laughs> Whole time y'all was out there with Moses. I led you by the pillar of cloud. I led you by the pillar of fire. I ain't going to do that now. Y'all fixing to follow the priest in the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> Joshua said, What? he said you see that river down there he said you tell them priests put that Ark of Covenant on their shoulders and when they step down and their feet hit the brinks of the water right at the very edge he said I'm gonna cause Jordan to roll back stand up a wall and he said I'm gonna dry the ground up and the children of Israel going forth on dry ground just like they crossed the Red Sea 40 years ago Hallelujah. Joshua said really I said yeah so Joshua went and told the children of Israel. He said, now we ain't got the pillar of cloud no more. Now I hear somebody say, well, I wonder where it was. We've been here three days and I ain't seen pillar of fire. I ain't seen pillar of cloud. I wonder what's going on. Well, God's changing things. How are you going to tell people now God's changing things since how he's raised, son? How are you going to tell people, Sister Pat, he's still the same God, but he's taken a different way than he was when your mama founded this church? But he's taking us into something deeper, something greater, something more powerful. He's taking us into a faith that's never been revealed to any generation. Are y'all with me? Is anybody with me? We got to have something to counteract these spirits. Kids get up and go to school, they're fine. They come in full of all kinds of spirits worn at them. Mouthy, rebellious, disobedient, griping, fussing, complaining. They used to have my house too. My wife prayed with our kids before they went to school. They come in, they would start that. Whoop, whoop. Stop right there. She would go get them in prayer meeting, (laughs) Get them spirits off of them. Because you can't fight them. Kids, they don't even know what they're fighting. They don't even know what's causing them to be the way they are. It's just spirits. The earth is full of spirits. Evil, ungodly, unholy. Unsanctified spirits that's worn against people's minds. It's a shame. Because people that love God and go to church, they're being moved by spirits. And they got no fight, they got no determination, they got no strength. So Joshua told them. He said, Get ready. He said, Three days God's gonna move. So man, that third day came. Joshua told priests, he said, You pick that ark up. They picked that ark up, and the minute their feet touched the water, Jordan coming down from the north, or whichever direction he's coming, but it's coming down, whichever way is flowing, stood up a wall of water. And stopped. There wasn't a wall of water on this side. Right. See, the sea was different. God made the water stand up on both sides. The river of Jordan, it just stood up on one side. The well would flow, it just stopped. And the Spirit of God dried the ground up instantly, immediately. With Moses, it took all night and that strong east wind blow. With Joshua, it happened immediately. That's when God told me there was a greater anointing in Joshua than there was in Moses because he moved for him in a different way, but it was more powerful. Will Moses step out there to call the plagues down on Egypt? He'd say, in a day, day and a night, two days, it's coming. Pharaoh said, say, go pray for God, take it away. Moses, go pray. God, take it away. It'd be a day, two days. But when Joshua looked at the sun, he said, stand still. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> God put the brakes on it. That's something else God showed me. Joshua spoke to the heavens. He said, Son, stand still on Gibeon, moon stand you all still in the valley of Agilon. And he did it haste not to go down for a whole day. Why? God hearkened to the voice of a man. God heard the voice of his servant. God had already told Joshua, I'm fixing to magnify you in the sight of Israel like I did Moses. And he did. God made himself real in his people. Made himself real in his servant. You fix the men of God. I know it's a body ministry. You're still going to have leaders. Yes. you fix see men of God, women of God, vessels of God. That's going to speak and God's going to act. <laughs> because you're going to have a people that are strong. They do know their God. And God's going to do exploits. Exploits ain't healing the sick. It ain't casting out a devil. It ain't opening necessarily a blind eye. That's just demons. Exploits is multiplying the fish and the loaves. Exploits is speaking to the wind and the waters and saying, peace be still. Exploits is say Peter, take your rod and reel or a net and go down there in the sea and throw it in. And when you take up that first fish, open his mouth and get that tax money out of there. <laughs> That's exploits. Yes. But see, God has told us all these things he's going to do for us. God has told us some of these very things and we can't believe him. Right. We can't believe him. God spoke to us last September. Cause he's gonna start providing money supernaturally February almost every bit of the money out of my business cut off and we ain't had nothing come in in a month but we're still making it somehow we're still paying the bills every time we need a piece of money God'll provide it don't ask me how but he does he does why he's God He made us a promise. He made us a promise. Are y'all with me? See, they went over Jordan. Them priests stood right in the middle of Jordan. Took them a big stack of rocks out of the bottom of Jordan. (laughs) Took over and stacked them up. When they got through, the priest come out, stacked them rocks up, Jordan started back overflowing its banks. He said, when your children ask you in years to come what that stack of rocks is, you can tell them this testimony. That's a milestone. Are y'all hearing me? That's a milestone. You can tell your stepchildren, you can tell your children about how God healed that eye and a lot of other things God's fixing to do for you. Are y'all listening to me? Are y'all listening to me? Josh, I want to pray for you. You have any more trouble out of your knees? I know... God healed them that night I ain't trying to get you to come to church And be like I am But I do want you sitting under God's word Because if you don't come and start listening You won't never learn But if you just tell God Look, I'm going to come I'll do the best I can I believe God's going to help you Okay And I believe if you'll do what I told you before Honor God I believe He'll give you more money You know what to do with Somebody, who who was it telling us about that man shut his business down on Sunday? Oh, yeah. about the flea market. Yeah. Yeah. They talked to a man that is in the flea market at Collinsville on Saturday. He used to go to a Mountaintop on Sunday. And God convicted him for not going to church. He shut his flea market down on Sunday, and he's making more money than he was on Saturday. Now he's making enough on Saturday to cover both of it because he's honoring God. Raise your hands up to the Lord. You won't pray of them on cigarettes. Now, if you don't, I'm not gonna pray for. It, but I just want God to touch your life. You know God's real. And somewhere, you're gonna preach. And you know that. It's not easy to face it. It's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I command a healing to go through his body in the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, hey. Baptize him in the Holy Ghost. Give him a change in his nature, in his mind. In his spirit God consumer. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. just Pat, this thing ought to come with a warning label. <laughs> Man, this thing dangerous. Hallelujah. I love it too. My God's alive and he's real. Hallelujah. We didn't go pray for my son-in-law's brother in the hospital. I just didn't feel led. But do you know he is awake and up and walking on the walker? And they talking about releasing him next week. And all we done was bowed our knees and prayed for him. We didn't go lay hands on him. But somebody come down the hall, what, two, three weeks ago, a month ago, and walked up to my son-in-law's mother and said, it'd be all right if we pray for him. She said, you better believe it. They walked in there and prayed a prayer for him. Almost immediately, his situation started changing. In a coma, didn't know if he was going to live or die. (laughs) And our prayer was, God don't raise him up if he's not going to come off him drugs and serve you. So I wouldn't go pray for him because God didn't speak to him God spoke to somebody. Yeah, in a coma bro I was 27 years old. His kidneys failing. They didn't know if he was going to have brain damage. They didn't know what's going to happen to him. Enlarged heart. And they wasn't going to put him on a heart transplant list because it was drugs. Somebody brought the boy drugs after he went in the hospital with pneumonia. And throwed him into all this. Smart, highly educated. I mean, my son has a mind for numbers because he's an engineer. This boy went to school with him. He's just smart, not smarter than my son is in math. But he's thrown his life away on drugs for ever since he's 14, 15 years old. Been in and out of rehab, been in and out of... So our prayer was, God don't raise him up. Unless he's going to serve you. But God's starting to raise him up. God's starting to raise him up. There ain't no high like that, is there? That's just a good feeling all over man, when I first got saved, I used to tell kids, because that was back in the drug generation, 60s and 70s. And I used to tell kids, I said, you want to get high, get high on Jesus. There ain't no hangover. There ain't no side effects. You want to get high, get high on Jesus. Amen. Oh, man, he'll give you a high. And he's the gift that keeps on giving. Wow. You pray and talk to him and serve him, man, you can walk in that high. Yes. Yeah, you can walk in that high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here the children of Israel got over Jordan and they come face to face with Jericho. Walls nearly a hundred foot high. Said there's about forty foot thick. Said the walls of Jericho was so thick they could put two or three chariots on top of it, and they'd have horse races on top of Jericho around the top of the walls. You read Joshua, I believe it's third chapter, maybe the fourth. I think it's the fourth. And they said, When all the kings of it, uh, all them kings in that land heard, I'll read it to you. Man, I don't know why God's had me go this way, but it must be a reason. <laughs> Whoo! Man, I don't know about y'all, but I feel good. Yeah. Joshua, fifth chapter. And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites which were on the side of Jordan westward and all the kings of the Canaanites which were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until they were passed over that their heart melted neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. God just took flight at out of them. <laughs> God just scared them dead and took a fight out of them. Say, y'all really don't want to mess with them boys. I'm with them. I'm for them. Y'all better leave that brother better alone. Y'all really don't want to mess with that brother better. God's with him. God's with him. Don't lie on him. Don't cheat him. Don't talk about him. Don't backbite. Better leave him alone. Because somewhere I'll fight for him. I don't wish nobody no harm. Every time I have to deal with somebody... I pray God help them. God save them. God be merciful to them. Because I know if God don't have mercy on them, somewhere he's going to deal with them. So what God done caused the hearts of all them to melt. Even the people in in Jericho, the Bible said their hearts melted for fear. They shut up the city. Nobody would go out. Nobody would come in. Now here the children of Israel were. They knew how to fight they knew how to fight. Because when they crossed Jordan, all the men of war in them two and a half tribes that settled on this side of Jordan, they went before them armed to go to war. They had warriors out there. But Joshua was out there praying one day and he saw a man clothed in armor. <laughs> Joshua went out there and looked at him and said, you be for us, or you be against us. He said, I'm the captain of the Lord's host. I've come to fight for you
4: I'm the captain
3: of the Lord's host he said I've come to fight for you he said loose thy shoe from off thy foot for the place where on I stand is holy ground somebody said Joshua had lost a foot in battle he didn't tell him you know God told Moses he "Said loose thy shoes from off thy feet he told Joshua loose thy shoe from off thy foot because you only have one foot he said for the place where I stand at this holy grail. He said now hear what you're going to do. He gave Joshua the plan. Joshua got all the generals of the children of Israel together and said now God did not give me the plan about Jericho. <laughs> so we're going to march around it one time. Somebody said then we're going to attack. Joshua said no we're going to back camp. Second day, we're going to march around another time. Then we're going to attack. No, we're going to back to camp. Six days, we just going to march around it. We ain't going to attack. No. That seventh day, we're going to get up real early. Oh, that's when we're going to attack. He said, no. We're going to march around it seven times on that seven. We ain't going to say a word. We ain't going to say nothing. No. Well, they ain't going to be scared of us. He said, but after we marched around that seventh time, he so said we're gonna blow them trumpets, we're gonna blow them ram's horns, and then we're gonna shout. Because God said He's given us the city. And Joshua, well, when you shout, he said them walls are gonna fall. Flat. Eighty feet high. Thirty to forty foot wide. Can you imagine what kind of pile of rubble that would be if they just collapsed? That ain't what God said. God opened up the earth under the foundations and they fell flat with the ground. The children of Israel strolled right in. There was one space of the wall that didn't fall. Does anybody know why? Anybody know why? Mm Why? Why? where Rahab's house was. That whole hall fell except where Rahab the harlot lived when she let the spies down by a rope over the wall because her house was on the wall. The Bible said it was. All that wall fell except that one little spot where Rahab and all her relatives were and God preserved them. You tell me God don't know what he's doing? <laughs> but see, they didn't fight conventional sword, shield, hand-to-hand combat. God didn't want them to fight that way. God is trying to teach us a new way of war. It's time to learn war God's way. Amen. Now I come up in the days of the healing revival. I've seen preachers lay hands on people and I've seen them wrestle with them for two and three hours, get demons out of them. I don't do that. I don't believe in it. I believe you got power over a demon, you speak to it, it's going to leave. It's what Jesus does, what the apostles do. I believe flesh got in, people start putting on a big show. God's purging that out of us. God's purging that out of us. I was in a meeting one time and somebody sent me word. Said, come over here and help me pray for this. And I've been praying for them 30, 40 minutes and I'm wore out. I said, I ain't coming. We'll go over and wrestle with somebody's spirit. You speak the word to them, demons are bound, they come out. Did I say that out loud? (laughs) It's time to get back to what works. It's time to get back to the hand of God moving. Are you hearing me? So Joshua done what God said. And the walls of Jericho fell down flat, level with the ground. All except where Rahab the heart lived. And they walked in. You don't have to fight somebody when they're scared to death. <laughs> them walls fell. Them soldiers in that city were scared to death. Them walls just went. Phew. Y'all gonna think this is funny. But the Lord actually showed me this in the spirit one day. I was preaching on these lines. Y'all remember the old years ago when they first got the elevators? They had the elevator operators. They had the lever. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about? They had the levers, and they'd say, going down, and they'd push that lever. I actually saw the angel of the Lord standing beside the walls of Jericho, had one of them levers on it, and when Joshua and them children blowed the trumpet the seventh time and and shouted, the angel said, going down. Whoop. (laughs) And the whole foundation of Jericho just opened up, and they just went down flat. It didn't say they collapsed in a rubble. It said, and the walls of Jericho fell down flat. I believe what the word says. I believe what the word says. Brother Matt, you yeah, I do. I believe God shook the earth, opened the foundation up, and they just went down the ground. And they just walked in, took the city. Took the city. And everybody in the city got killed. If I remember right. Except Rahab and her family. Because. She'd been good to God's people. And on top of that. She wound up in the lineage of Jesus. (laughs) A harlot. Wound up in the lineage of Jesus. Ain't God beautiful? Ain't he beautiful? Lock the lines y'all. Couldn't bite Daniel. Took the burn out of the fire for the three Hebrew children. With even no smell of smoke in their clothes. Caused the sun sun and moon to stand still for Joshua. Brought the fire down from heaven for Elijah. I believe it was Elisha. They was in straight quarters and they went out to cut down stuff. Cut down wood to build them a place because everybody was crammed into... One room, Elijah and the sons of the prophets, Elijah and the sons of the prophets. One man using an axe, and the wedge came by the axe, and the head, the iron head, flew off in the waters. It started sinking, and he cried out, "Said man of God, it was barred." He walked over, and said, "Where'd it go?" He said, "Right down there." Man of God took a stick, whittled him a stick, and threw it. It hit the water, brother Josh. The axe, floated up, got on the stick, and floated to shore. Oh, yeah. Did it not? Those of you all know what I'm talking about, did it not? Yeah. Bible said God did cause the iron to swim. Yeah. And then we worry. Now, I ain't even got the New Testament yet. <laughs> but see, God's wanting us to get rid of this old traditional warfare. Yeah. When the children of Israel crossed Jordan... They were going to fight to possess the promise. Our fight is not to stay saved. Our fight is to possess the promise. I don't have to fight to stay saved. There's a finished work of the cross that's done everything I need to stay saved and walk with God. I ain't telling you I ain't got to grow. But I don't have to keep praying for God to save me. And fight in prayer to stay saved. There's something happened to me 44 years ago. When I gave my heart to God, God put something in me. It's still there. I don't have to fight for it. I'm fighting to possess the promise. I'm fighting to possess the blessings of the kingdom and the goodness of God. I'm fighting for God to become God to me. I want God to be God. Amen. I want God to be God. Because, see, when I was growing up and going to school, God was real in my life. Courtney, I don't know how old you are or what grade you're in, but I was in the eighth grade, and God really touched my life. I was in grammar school when we had one young man. Everything come out of his mouth. It wasn't nothing but a cuss word. And finally, I just went up to him. And I said, do you really have to talk like that? I said, I love Jesus, and I go to church, and I said, some things you say are pretty offensive. And you know he quit cussing around me. But I went to junior high school, and the high school and junior high schools mixed together. And I went to the me men, another young man went to the guidance counselor, and we wanted to get a prayer group going and a Bible study club. And we was working toward that and Daddy bought a house and moved. But you know they formed that the next year. But I started carrying my Bible on top of my books. I don't know what you would do that today. You probably couldn't get a Bible study club formed in a, a school today. But I remember I was carrying my, book, uh, my Bible on top of my books, brother Josh. I was a little bitty scrawny thing. I mean, when I was a teenager, tw- 13, 14, I mean, I was a little bitty old scrawny thing. I couldn't tell it by looking at me now. But I was a little bit skinny thing. But, man, I was wiry. And I exercise all strong. But I'm walking down the hall one day, had my Bible laying right on top of my books. And big old boy walked up to me. We're going, preacher. I said, I'm headed to my next class. He said, I see you got that Bible. He said, You believe in it? I said, You better believe I do. He said, Well, I'm gonna tell you something, preacher. He said, You either take that Bible right now, put it in your locker, he said, I'm gonna make a greasy spot out of you in the floor. I said, "Really?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "The Bible's standing right where it is. I don't care what you do." About that time, I heard a voice—big, deep voice—walked up behind him. He said, I you?" He said, "I'd leave him alone." And the boy turned around. There was a star fullback of the high school varsity team. He said, I ever hear you touching that boy. He said, I'll make a greasy spot out of you. He said, if that boy wants to carry his Bible and read his Bible in class, when he ain't studying, if he wants to read it in study hall, he said, I better not hear you and none of your friends bothering him. He said, you better leave him alone. He said, I'll pay you a visit. See, because I stood up for what was right and what was in my heart, God fought for me. God's wanting to teach us a new way to fight, children. Right, is anybody with me? God won't teach us a new way to fight and I was praying I said God how do I explain this to your people and the Lord started showing me when we founded this country Britain come over here to stop us they come over here them fancy armies they had the drums they had the bugles they had the fives they they would come out in rows And they would fire and walk around. Another row would come up. When they come over here to fight us, we'd done learned our lessons with the Indians. We started shooting at them from behind trees, rocks, buildings, grass, woods, off the roadside. They couldn't see us. What was we doing? Guerrilla warfare. Because we went out and fought them the way they wanted to fight. Would have been gone in no time. So God changed the tactics of war. For our leaders, we got to learn new warfare. We got to change tactics. Is anybody with me today? And God put that in my spirit. I said, Oh my God, how about that? And you know, when our troops went to Vietnam, they had to fight an enemy they couldn't see. They turned around and pulled that same old trick on us. Guerrilla warfare, you couldn't see them. They hid in the Hid in the jungle, disguised themselves, dug tunnels down the ground, come out of the tunnels, us, went and crawled back in them tunnels. We couldn't even see our enemy. If you can't see your enemy, you can't fight. If you don't learn new tactics of war and learn to recognize your enemy, you can't fight. If you can't fight an enemy you don't know how you fight. You can't fight somebody. God won't change the tactics of war. Get us out of programs. Get us out of forms. Get us out of... Oh, why well, we know how to have church what we've learned? Is that right? Somewhere, somebody passed down how to have church. And it's become start service with song. Have two or three songs. Have testimony. Have this. Have that. Then have the preaching. Well, that may not be how God wants to do it every time. God may want to change things up every now and then. So God's trying to teach us new tactics of war. I'm going to read you a scripture in Judges 3 and then I'm going to bring this to a close. If any of you need prayer, I'll pray for you. I'm glad to see you kids in church, Courtney. I'm glad to see all y'all in church. Because y'all need the working of the Spirit of God in your lives. There's things out there you don't know how to deal with. There's pressures and heartaches and sorrows and and there's spirits out there that they don't know how to deal with. They need to be in the house of God. This is from Judges, the third chapter. When y'all get there, say amen, let me know. So I'm going to read this. I don't know about y'all, but I've had a good time today. Amen. I ain't through yet. God ain't through yet. I'm in Judges' third chapter, first verse. Now, there are, now, these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan. See, once Joshua got the children of Israel settled, everything settled down, there wasn't no wars. And generations began to pass. And they were governed by the judges. I think the Bible says 450 years they were governed by judges. So, only that the generation of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. Those generations didn't know how to fight. They'd never been in war. So they're writing right here, and said, man, somebody got to teach these people war. Because they don't know how to fight. Did you know in the day we're living in, spiritually, people don't know how to fight? You've seen your mama pray and God move and get things done. You don't see people doing that day. You used to have what we call intercessory prayer warriors. People gather together and pray about something. It bombarded the heavens, sometime for just a few hours, sometime for a few days. God always moved. God always moved because people believed. They prayed. You've probably seen it too, sis. Kathy. I saw it when I was growing up. See, when I was growing up, we got sick. We didn't know what emergency room was. We didn't know what one to the doctor was. I seen God raise my baby sister up Die with double pneumonia in Ohio in the basement of a big Jewish synagogue she was about a year old somebody come in there and pray the prayer of faith for her God raised her up off her deathbed she was dying she was dying couldn't breathe God raised her up I've seen God heal measles mumps, flu pneumonia, chicken pox broke bones bad burns God done it all why? my mom and daddy trusted him but they had an experience with him. They could trust him. People, they don't have experience with God. Everything's got too busy. People are too busy to pray anymore. Right. Better slow down and pray, children. Better slow down and learn war. Y'all hear me? We well, Better slow down and we'll learn war. But we better learn it God's way. We don't have to do conventional warfare. All we got to do is petition God. Let God tell you how he's going to move. Let God tell you how he's going to move. I can't remember what year it was. It wasn't too long after me and my wife got married. And I was all the time fasting. Praying. Spent hours in prayer every day. Fasted a lot. And I was probably on a long fast. But I had a dream, Brother Josh. And in the dream, I had my tent up and I was having a revival. And God spoke to me and said, go get you some cinder blocks. Cut you some slices of meat. Get you a shovel. He said, preach on Elijah rebuilding the altar. He said, lay the meat out in order. Dig you a trench around it. He said, pour full of water. So in the dream that's what I done. I preached on Elijah rebuilding the altar. And as I was preaching on, I was doing it under my tent. And they got on my knees and started praying, Sister Pat. Said, let the God that answered by fire be far, and a ball of fire come through the top of my tent. In the dream. Hit the altar and burn it. Slap up, consumed it. Meat, water, cinder blocks, everything. And when it did, God scared me. I said, My God, at the power. At the power of God. That it's going to take. And the power of God will be fixing to step into. A lot of people don't. They don't know about this kind of a God. Because all they've been taught is everything's going to be in heaven. No. God wants to reveal something to us right here. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 9. Paul said. I run. That means, Paul, here, just let me read it. I don't know about y'all, but I appreciate the Lord ways way he's talking to us today. Hallelujah. And I believe we're going to have a great, 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 great homecoming next Sunday. If I can preach half, it's good. We'll get something done. Won't we? <laughs> if I preach half, it's good. We'll have a move of God. See, God's giving y'all something special. 1 Corinthians 9, let's go to verse 23. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. But only one wins. Only one's going to receive the prize. Y'all with me? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate or he's patient in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Now look what Paul said in verse 26. He said, I therefore run. When I looked that up and broke it down, Paul said, I'm on course. I'm on track. I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going today spiritually? Paul said, I know where I'm going. And I run. Because I know where I'm going. I got my eyes on that prize. I got my eyes on that mark. I know where I'm going. He said, I run. Not as uncertainly. He said, there ain't no doubt. What I'm doing, I know where I'm going. He said, so fight I. He said, but I don't fight this one out here beating the air or flailing he said I know how to box I know how to contend I know how to get the job done y'all listening to me he said I don't fight this one that beat at the air but I keep under my body and bring it unto subjection in other words Paul said this carnal man I bring him under subjection to the working of the Spirit of God I know what I'm doing do we know what we're doing today? Have we got our eyes on the mark? We got our eyes on the price. <laughs> but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, or un- into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Oh, words, Paul said, "I can't tell y'all what to do. Let me get out here and do different." He said, "I'll become a castaway." He said, I gotta run just like y'all do. I gotta keep the same word, I gotta keep the same law, I gotta run by the same rules y'all do. I don't get a different set of rules, bud. I gotta run by the same rules y'all do. You know, people don't realize Jesus was a man. You don't hear anything about Jesus after he's twelve years old until he got baptized by John. But in that space right there, Jesus became a carpenter. His earthly, supposedly father died, and the load of his mama and his family fell on him. However, in there, however long, whether it was when he's eighteen, when he's twenty, when he's twenty-five, but see, he didn't start his ministry till about the age of thirty. But when he stepped out there and started preaching, they said, "Is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not the carpenter? Why is he doing these things?" And they were offended in him. But Jesus said that natural responsibility to provide for his family, take care of his mama and his brothers and sisters, they got old enough to do for themselves. He knew what it was to meet the public. He knew what it was to work a job. He knew what it was to have natural responsibility. But yet he still kept his relationship with God. Because when he stepped in that water and John baptized him, he hadn't preached his first service. He hadn't had his first miracle. He hadn't cast out his first devil. And when he come up out of that water, the voice of the Lord spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It wasn't his preaching. It wasn't his miracles. It was his dedications, his relationship with the father that he kept. If we keep a relationship with God, God will teach us how to fight. And we can live in peace no matter what's going on around us. We can live in peace. I'm ready to live in peace. Anybody ready to live in peace? And that's why Jesus told us in Matthew 11, he said, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, he said, come to me. I'll give you rest. People try to do do it every way but God's way. Let me tell you something. God wants your attention. He'll get it. He'll get it. God'll stop you in your tracks. Believe me, I know. (laughs) I fell off a roof in 2000. God didn't slow me down. He stopped me. In December the 8th, 2014, God stopped me again. So, I had a talk with him. Me and my wife had a talk. I said, Lord, every time you want to change something in my life, I said, you don't have to half kill me. I said, I do try to listen to you. (laughs) Because it gets pretty traumatic. Those two things I've been through. It's put her through a lot of things. I mean, when it looks like I could die both times. They didn't know what was going to happen to me when I fell off that roof. didn't know if I was paralyzed. All I knew is I couldn't get off the ground. And I went through some months of pain, but God fought for us. would not like I'd expected God to do, but he fought for us. When I had the bad bout with sugar and like to die, God fought for me. God fought for me. I told you a couple of weeks ago how that demon walked in my room, manifested himself, and God told me he'd been withstood. I didn't do it. God done it. God done it. God fought for me. God wants to fight for his people. Amen. God wants to fight for his people. God will teach you war, but he'll teach you his kind of war. God will teach you how to fight the devil, but it'll be his way, not yours. See, all we know is what man's taught us. Ain't what God wants. He wants you to do things His way. He said in Isaiah 55, He said, my thoughts ain't your thoughts. And my ways ain't your ways. He said, as high as the heavens is from the earth. He said, that's how much higher. My ways are in your ways and my thoughts are in your thoughts. Does that mean God thinks a little bit different than what we do? (laughs) You know, we'll talk to God, and we'll tell God how we feel in our carnal minds and what we think God ought to do. God just up there just listening to us. They're going to come to knowledge somewhere. <laughs> Did you know the Word says that as smart as the smartest man can be, it's foolishness in the eyes of God. Don't care how smart you think you are what you think you got figured out, God said, my eyes is foolishness. Boy, I'd so be up on it. <laughs> Do you love the Lord? Yes. Have you had a good time in the house of God today? Yes. I definitely have. I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm excited about our homecoming next week. Now, as far as I know, Fort Payne's coming. so That's going to give us another 20, 25 people. Right. So we're going to have a probably standing out the door. And that's if y'all like, don't want me preaching to 1, 2 o'clock, y'all better give it to me Early. No, I'm just kidding. But I am going to obey God. I won't cut the word short. and I won't cut the work in the spirit short. But I believe God's going to touch a lot of lives. Amen. Do you love him? Appreciate him? Go to prayer with me. God, my Father, my righteous King, my Holy Savior, by your name, Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to let this word settle down in the hearts and minds of your people. Holy Savior, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand. Teach us war, Lord. David said, he has taught my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And in another place, David wrote, the Lord is a man of war. God, give us your wisdom about battle. Give us your wisdom how to overcome and how to conquer and how to do what's right in your eyes. Give us your ability to fight, Master. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciate the Lord today. Why don't y'all just give him a big old clap offer? Does anybody need prayer? What you What you need prayer for? Okay. In the name of Jesus, touch this life, touch this heart, (coughs) touch this mind. God, let peace and strength come into him. By your name, Jesus, we ask it, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I I understand. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Is that the one you messed Mm -hmm. up? Thank you, Jesus.
4: Does it hurt? It hurts. And if you touch it and say, I'll wait and start tingling, then it'll start swelling more.
3: This one right here. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to loosely wrap this around it. I believe you're going to see a difference in just a few minutes. I curse the pain, I curse the infection. Was anything
4: broken? Up, put it back together. In Jesus, Whew.
3: nay, Whew. for your honor and your glory, Master, in Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah. I believe in Him. Amen. Y'all love Him, appreciate Him. Anybody else need prayer? For I change the order of the service. Y'all keep praying with us about our trailer. We're checking on two or three. Hopefully, this next week something's going to manifest. But I'm not doing anything God speaks to me because God's got the right thing. Amen. God's got the right thing. And if God's going to put us on the road with it, different times traveling or tent revivals, I don't want to buy something just to park and ain't going to be able to pull it. i want to get the right thing. Amen. I do I want to get the right thing. And I know God's got the right thing. There's people out there in the world waste money by the hundreds and thousands of dollars. I'm not asking God for something to go to a race in or go to a ball game in. I'm asking God for something that we can get up here and labor for this church. Amen. You love Him? Appreciate Him. Will y'all pray with me about this? And do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to receive the offering. Please honor God. Will you tithe? If you got money for missions, we got a jar up here. I saved my dollars. I went off and left them this morning. And uh, if you got money for the church, put it over here on this side. If you got something you want to help me with, put it over here on this side or put it in my hand. Either one's fine. But just obey the Lord. Is that okay? Stand in reverence the Lord. Come on right now. My God, I feel like I've been in the house of God. Thank you, son. Love you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to see you in the house of God today. I love you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. Bless you, Sister Pat. bless you. you. That was good, wasn't it? It was. See, I can preach if I need to. (laughs) I,
2: I really hope that next Sunday will be doubled.
3: Okay. It may very well be. You want me to pray for that?
2: He is really bothered that
3: book. <laughs> oh, in Jesus' name, both of them, God, both of them, both of them, both of them, all of them, head to toe. we next I going to run it in the It's whatever y'all usually do. Well, Ten thirty, be all right. That'd be too early. Whatever you feel, Whatever you say. let's just do it 10:30. Okay. okay. And then you preach 11:30. Uh huh. However the spirit leads alright <laughs> you All right, y'all get here about y'all get here about 9:45, 10. Then let's pray, and then we can try start service at 10:30. That all right? Everybody here? Yes. Everybody understand? Yes. Okay. All hearts and minds clear? Everybody obeyed the Lord. Had somebody tell me one time, said, well, I don't need money. I said, really? They said, yeah. I said, I just work where I can honor God with my tithe. I said, you do? They said, yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you what. How about you give me the 90% and you keep the 10 if you don't really need money? I can't do that, Brother Matter. I said, okay, then. You do need money. That's all right. I love the Lord. Amen. Come on, Brother Donald, dismiss us. Thank you, Lord. Y'all appreciate the Lord. Give him good clap offering. God bless you. I love you. Yes.
1: gonna bring them out. I will. Thank you. Okay. Um so pastor asked me to get um some flowers for the mothers. What did I do with my piece of paper, Lord? <laughs> I can't because it's got definitions on it I need. Did I leave it back there? And as I was walking through the store, um, well, I may have to wing it. (laughs) I was asking the Lord and and was pondering in my heart, um, oh, there it is. Thank you, Jesus. How this Mother's Day was different for us, for us individually Y'all can be seated because this is going to take a few minutes. And for us collectively, Sister Lucy, you want to bring those and lay them here? And so um, I began to look around, not sure really what I was looking for. And I ended up, I don't know if you can see it but with these little keys. So each ro- uh, rose has on the ribbon a little key for each mother. thought that was kind of interesting since our pastor has a, he's a locksmith. <laughs> and I saw crosses first and I thought, well, I could put a little cross on there. That's nice. And the Lord said, the cross is about me and what I did. I was like, yeah. Yeah, And I couldn't get away from the keys. And I'm like, how's the key Mother's Day? I don't get that, God. But because he wouldn't leave me alone, and I really felt it was him telling me to buy the keys. (laughs) I bought keys. (laughs) So I went home, and I looked up key. Okay, everybody knows what a key is, right? So I looked up key. A small piece of sharp metal with incisions cut to fit a particular lock, inserted and turned to open or close it. (coughs) An instrument used for grasping and turning a screw, peg, or nut, especially one for winding a clock or turning a valve. That one was particularly interesting to me. A pin, bolt, or wedge inserted between other pieces or fitting into a hole or space designed for it so as to lock parts together. A thing that provides a means of access to or understanding something. (coughs) And so the Lord just kindly began to deal with me about the fact that as mothers we are keys we are designed to fit specific places in people's lives we are cut specifically for certain tasks and duties And chores and things that he would have us to do. We um, are used to wind up a clock. In other words, give life to something or someone. And you could just go on and on from there. I mean... There are many analogies I could make, and I don't even be. I could probably bring Pastor out here, and he could talk to you about keys. But not even thinking of it just in the natural, but thinking of it in the spiritual, God really began to speak to me how we are keys spiritually. And especially as we move forward where he's taking us. And so I thought, okay, Lord, you got scripture for this God. <laughs> How many believes he had scripture for it? So just a few things that I looked up. that's the one i want to read last okay um let's look psalms 139 verse 14 i will praise thee for i am fearfully and wonderfully made that sounds like something that's been cut and designed and incisions made on it i mean you know fearfully and wonderfully made right Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. That's specific. That's, a, that's not just a haphazard happening. He designed us, ladies. Yes. He fashioned us. Amen? Yes. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. That's a specific use. That's a key fitting into a specific lock to be turned to open up a specific thing, a specific ministry, a specific word for a specific lock, a specific people. You see what I'm saying? What about the New Testament? Matthew 16 and 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He's given his kingdom keys. You could look at it that way. And as he's continuing to incise us and shave us and cut on us and shape us and make us into specific keys. My key may look different from your key. My key may be long and narrow and your key may be long and broad or I may be short and broader (laughs) and you may be short and narrow or. You may have a lot of jagged edges and I may have just a few smooth edges or we're packaged differently. Our skills are different. I may say it or do it differently than you do.
0: But it doesn't matter
1: because he cut and designed you to fit a specific lock and he cut and designed me to fit a different one. And so I would charge you this morning to keep your key and put it in a place where you can see it. And remember moving forward that when you don't meet your expectation of who you think you are as a mother, perhaps as a wife, as a woman, as a daughter, As a vessel in the kingdom of God, you remember that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You remember that he knew you before he formed you in the belly. And that he's very much aware of who you are. And that he loves you. And he chose you from the foundations of the world. And that he has a specific lock for you to fit. And he hasn't given up on you. So please don't give up on him. Amen. Okay. Mothers, will you please rise? And if our mother shepherdess would come first, would you like to do that? Okay that's fine so the keys are random who knows what key you'll get not every key is the same thank you 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 can't have one She's specific for you. <laughs> well, it would be the kind of key I would select. Oh. Mama Shepherd is. Come she is a mother of many children, oh. so she gets many All the sacrifices, the hours she spends on her knees praying for us, the hours she spends in her word so she can know what she believes, so she can help us apply it to our lives, the years she sacrificed no husband so he could grow in ministry and learn. And access that power of God in his life so that we could be here now reaping the reward. And the list goes on and on and on. There's no way to adequately say to her, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. And we consider you the number one shepherdess. (laughs) God bless you all.
4: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Ain't God good? Praise the Lord. It's really good. Hallelujah. I want to share something with you. Before, I don't know, did he say the prayer over the offering a while ago? I'm not sure. sure. Uh, We... Was coming up here this morning, and and uh, I was coming by Carter's Lake, and you know there's a reservoir there that that the big dam lets the water off into the reservoir, and and when I went by there, I told just I said God just showed me something, but I'm not sharing it with you. And it's got to do with a drawing, a drawing. I mean, what I seen, you know, it was down, and there wasn't no water, just down in the, in the main channels going around through there, you know. It was, but off in the distance, you could see just a little bit of water, a little off at of a distance. And and I got to looking, and when I when I seen it, I looked at the mud, and I said, man, the mud. But I didn't see no fish, you know. Listen to me because 'cause I'm fixing to make a point to you what what I seen when I looked. I don't know why I seen it. I don't know why God showed it to me. But you know, when the water comes from the from the main source, the dam, and it comes into the reservoir, there's a channel there. You know, it, it's it's a channel. But but even in the reservoir, there's still another dam. There's another let off. And those fish just to, to survive, 'cause when the when the water comes up, the fish will swim around the the little limbs and and the bushes and everything and feed off the bugs that falls off into the water. But the fish is smart enough to know that when the other dam is opened up, that they can feel the drawing and they'll draw back to the main source. The main they'll they'll draw back to the main stream and stay alive and they'll run in that main stream. That's the reason you don't see them on the banks. And and I, I felt it in my heart. When when God's people start to feel the drawing from the main stream, they'll flow from the main stream back into the main source and feed off the main source, which is Jesus, off the main vine, off the vine. God can use them. But, you know, even in the reservoir, whenever you when you let the water off, these people right there, where the water's coming down, and, and there's something there that you are wanting, they're fishing. So if... Well, but when you, if you feel when you feel in the drawing of God drawing and wooing you into His Spirit to do something, I don't know what it is that, that God is drawing you to do, or or what God is talking to your heart about doing. But if you will do it, just like those people, and whenever, whenever. Dam is open, it's letting off fish, it's letting off something that, that the world, that they're, they're on the banks, are fishing and they're fishing and they're catching fish at something. So if you'll yield to what God is doing to you and that wooing and that drawing and bringing it to the mainstream, bringing it to Jesus, bringing it to the Lord, here I am, use me. Whatever it is that you got for me, use me. Lord, here am I. And that's what God got to show me this morning. Even the fish, when they feel that drawing, they feel the they feel the drawing of the water going down so where they won't get caught up, they'll rush to the mainstream. Sometimes we can keep ourselves from getting caught up if we'll rush to the mainstream. And that's what God was show- just Just that quick when I looked at it, I got to wonder, I well, said, why don't I see any dead fish laying here the water was there. It was shallow. The water went down. They're not there no more. It's because the fish, when they feel the drawing or the pulling of the dam, they'll go to the main stream where the water runs all the time. <laughs> they'll go to the main stream where the water runs all the time. In the main river channel. In the main river channel. And that's what I don't know, that might have helped you. It might have been just for me, I don't know. But that's whenever I just went by there and seen that and I seen all the mud, you know, and, and you know you'll go by it one day and it'll be crown packed full of water and then you'll go down it by the next time, you know, and they won't be nothing but in the main channels running around through there. But you don't never see no dead fish on the side of the banks. It's because they can feel the drawing. They can feel the drawing of the water being drawn from the reservoir. And they'll go to the main channel where they still have water to swim around in. So when you feel the drawing from the main channel, just get back in the main channel and flow with him. Just get back in the main channel and flow with him. Whatever he said, so here am I, Lord. Whatever you're speaking to me, whatever you want to do with me, here I am. And do it. And do it. I'd like to say I appreciate my family coming today. Praise the Lord. I hope it's more often. hope it's more and more and more often. And, uh, so I'm looking good forward to the homecoming next Sunday. We're going to have a work day Saturday. Uh, I'll be up here. I'm going to go by and pick up my tent. Bring it up. Whatever else we need. Uh, we need to get the rest of the churchyard mowed, the cemetery mowed, weed eating, looking good. We need to get all that done. I think the pastor said something about renting them more. If that don't work out, Sister Pat, if you know those guys that would mow it, we need to get back with you early on it. So whatever we need to find out, we need to find out and get it done. Uh, if we have to hire these guys to come and mow it, that's what we'll do. Uh, we're going to get the tent up get these tables out here, pressure washed, cleaned up, yeah, everything. Okay. The I'm gonna. Will it be okay if we just stick the lumber up overhead? It, it'll be in good safe. Just put it right overhead. You will not never see it unless you look up. And uh, oh, in the, in the building, right in the oh. thing out here, is these. The board goes across there. And we got those long boards. We'll just put them across, and that way they're there. They, and that way, whenever we get ready to use them, whatever, or we can put them up on the church, either one, wherever you want to put them. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But we'll get that done, uh, get that tuck here up, get the mowing done. We'll have the uh, water cooler fixed, the trim work finished, have all that done, and I'm just You ladies can get together on the food, whatever y'all want to do, uh, on the food. Yeah. But hoping the church is packed out, good time. Waiting for the word. It's going to be, I'm looking forward to it. You know why I'm looking forward to it mostly. Biggest thing. That's one. That's the main one. But the second. But the second one is our other church family is supposed to be here yes. from Fort Payne. I miss them. I love them. I'm looking forward to worshiping with them. Yes. I know they're excited. I'm excited, and I can't wait. Amen. You know. So. Hallelujah. You know, but it's great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you all stand your feet, we'll be dismissed. I've done said what I wanted to say. Hallelujah. Okay, my son, he gets tickled at me. I, I got a little iPod thing that Sister Lisa put some songs on there, and there's a song on there that I dearly love. Casting Crown, Does It Come to the Well. Oh, I love that song. I get if I need just a little stir in my heart, I need to put that thing in, get to listen to it, and, and I put those things in my ear, and get to trying to sing along with it, you know, while it's in my ear, and he said, man, you sound like a hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, right, but uh, that, I love that song, it's got such a good meaning to it, but I love it, appreciate it. Father, will we come to you this morning, Lord, we we thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's come this way, Lord. We we thank you, Lord, and we ask you to this offering that we received this day, Lord, that you bless it, Lord, and God that you bless it and let it go further than it would, and bless the one that gave and those that didn't have to give, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to go with us as God as we go home and go to places this afternoon. Most of the mothers that's here spend time with children with family, Lord, and. God, we ask you just to give them a good fellowship with their families, with their kids. God bless them, Lord. God, we just thank you for everything that you do here. Thank you for all the mothers, Lord. Thank you for all of what they stand for, Lord, for what they do. God, her words just can't even say, Lord, what they do, Lord, and how they feel. God, they're special. They got a special heart, Lord. They got a special place, God. Without them, Lord, we'd be a man most miserable. Without them, Jesus. I know I'd be lost. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God, do we meet back at appointed time. Keep us safe. Let everything get done, Lord. It needs to get done this week, God. And let us all have a good week, Lord. And help us to have a good week, God. For we ask in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed.